three, two, one, and we are a go. Uh, this is Aaron from the JNA podcast, and I'm sitting with my man Jason over here. How are we doing for everybody? Yeah, okay, you almost delayed on there. <laughs> um, so today we're in the second take of our uh, Foundations of Health uh, episode because we had some technical difficulties uh, the other day, but that is all right. We're about 15 minutes away from being finished and it shut down. So we are back. So if you're joining us for the first time today, um, welcome. We are two fitness professionals really just kind of focusing and honing in on the health industry, but mostly about general health, fitness, wellness, uh, martial arts, weightlifting, CrossFit, all the cool things that are happening throughout the industry and throughout your lifestyle. But we just try to attack everything that we kind of look at. And again, everything's up for rebuttal. We just want to have conversations and we want your questions more than anything so we can have good engaged conversations based around those things. But big thing we're going to be talking about today, which is kind of like one thing I'm really interested into, and then also Jason as well, is you know the foundations of health. Like, and we're going to talk about nutrition because nutrition is a big thing that gets skewed around this entire aspect with so many different things out there nowadays, and it, people get confused. There's a lot of different ways to cut weight or lose weight, body fat transformation. How do I do X Y Z? Intermittent fasting, whatever. So we're going to kind of deep dive into that today, but we're going to just keep it simple. Like, let's just talk about the foundations for now and then really go from there. So Jason. Yeah, I think um, uh, when we talk about foundations of health, we've mentioned it in our earlier podcast about, you know, goal setting and identifying what's stopping you from achieving your goals. And we talk about nutrition being one option or one limiting factor. You might have uh, exercise might be a limiting factor, just movement in general. Uh, could be sleep. Um, we talked about inner circles. So those kind of four things of like that support network as that fourth, um, those four pillars, uh, you want to make sure that they're all nice and stable so that you can kind of build on top of it. Um, so today we're going to dive into one of those uh, real general overview. Uh, we're going to talk about nutrition. Um, for, I, I don't want to get too deep into types of certain types of meal plans or diets or whatever. I don't love the word diet. I think just like style of eating that's you know tailored to you is uh I think we, I don't want to dive too deep into that, um, but people need to understand that it's when it comes to nutrition, um, there is not a one size fits all to a certain degree. Absolutely. Um, so everybody's completely different. To a certain degree, I think like realistically, if people followed ninety percent of kind of general guidelines and then the final ten percent they tweak to themselves, usually that's pretty safe. I mean, yeah, again, yeah. <laughs> depending on who you ask, you're gonna get a different answer. But Absolutely. I'm just based on my experience, like. Oftentimes, like exercise, it comes down to consistency of eating whole foods, which we'll dig into in a little bit. Okay, um, so hold on a second. Before I even catch that, like whole foods, people hear that a lot and they're like, okay, well, I guess I got to go shop at whole foods, right? Well, t- like, what's the difference between whole foods and then processed foods? Because, I mean, that, I get processed, we say, okay, that's packaged, just X, Y, Z, but whole foods really, what's this, that's a general term being thrown out there. Yeah, people- no, that's a great question. I think people get a little bit confused on it is they're you know if it's in the health food aisle of the mm-hmm. grocery store they think it's like it's good to go it very well could be um the idea of whole foods versus versus process we know that oreos are not grown come they're, on man <laughs> unfortunately sorry to burst everyone's <laughs> bubble on that one uh but that is obviously a clearly obvious processed food so Something like if you go into your grocery store, uh, typically along the perimeter when you first walk in, Mm -hmm. um, you're going to have your fruits and vegetables, right? So those are your, let's call them whole foods. They will go bad in 
a short amount of time. Okay. okay? Um, the closer you can get your food to its original state, the better. So the whole like ideas of like a farmer's market or kind of like grown in Ontario, grown in Canada, whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, my recommendation to people like organic is awesome. Um, we'll talk a little bit that, about that in a sec. Um, but ideally, most of your products are sourced locally. So we're in Canada. So ideally, it's in for us, Ontario would be ideal because the time from it either being picked or uh, or kind of packaged to the shelf is much shorter than if it's like grown in Costa Rica and then by the time it gets here, like they had to keep it ripe somehow or it was picked well before it was ripe mm -hmm. and then ripened with chemicals okay. in transit. Um, so obviously that's not fantastic. Um, one thing people need to can Google really awesome is... Uh, something called the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. Those are referring to fruits and vegetables um, and which ones are pretty safe to, to get not organic versus ones that you should probably consider okay, getting Okay, so it'll actually tell you kind of like which ones have been chemically induced by ripening. Oftentimes it has to do that. with uh, which ones are directly exposed to like pesticides or sprays mm. or whatever. So the ones okay. that are kind of grown on trees or like above ground, you're yes. gonna see those are considered part of the dirty dozen. So they might okay. be a little bit more exposed versus ones that maybe are grown like underground. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so, but Google dirty dozen clean 15, it's everywhere. Just get an infographic of it and then use that as your guide when you're mm -hmm. picking organic versus not organic. Okay. I'm um, gotcha. trying to save you a little bit of money. So if you don't need it, or, I mean, organic's always going to be optimal, but. Well, that's a big debate, right? Because I mean, like organics are great, but it's expensive. Like, well, it, it comes, it begs the question. Yes, it's expensive relative to the not organic, but yeah. it asks, then you got asked like, why is the other stuff so cheap? Mm -hmm. uh, relative oh, to yeah, organic. Yeah, so that kind of makes you nervous a little bit, right? <laughs> so yeah, uh, everything's relative, right? So yeah. if you look at, you know, you're buying apples and the not organic ones grown in the US are are uh, cheaper than the ones organic grown in Canada, mm -hmm. how does that make sense? Because you know logistics were more expensive from the US, why are they still cheaper here, which is yeah. kind of crazy, right? So it just kind of makes you wonder like how they're being produced and stuff like that. So making informed choices when you're picking your, your produce is really important. I think also a good thing too is like as Canadians also we should support local farmers, we should support local brands, everything like that. Like that's what's going to help the industry thrive to help drive lower prices as well. Too, oh, I right? absolutely agree. I love, you know, local farmers market. If you can get um, if you can get your eggs, your anything, like any produce like that locally, uh, obviously that's going to help them out. Also, it's going to help out your gut, which is obviously oh, yeah. what the, unfortunately most illnesses we talk about, even there's uh, latest research is showing that even things like, uh, Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, any like, uh, neurodegenerative diseases are stem from, uh, gut, poor gut, uh, poor, poor gut, gut health. health. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay. So we're not going to dig too deep into that today, but yeah. just be aware that if you can kind of manage your what you're putting into your body, um, it'll help kind of with everything, not just weight loss. Oh yeah, like, I mean like gut health is like a whole conversation we could have on because that seems to be like a big epidemic lately. I mean like gut health is just in general deteriorating through, again, as you said, processed foods, everything else, and we're not cleaning ourselves yeah, properly. We'll definitely have a podcast just on gut yeah. health. Good awesome. call. I like it. Okay, so like let's talk about like macros because I know like a lot of things like people go okay so you gotta I've heard trainers have these conversations with people and they go all right well we got to get your macros in in check and all that and I see clients just look at them dumb face and go sure yeah, I can do that and they have no idea what they're talking about so what what is the macro perfect good start so first of all macronutrients there's three there's protein carbs and fat 
Some people will say that alcohol would be a potential fourth, but we're going to disregard that one for today. Um, so protein, we know what most of those source, main sources are. There are meats, um, our, we'll get fish, eggs, um, certain plant-based um, products. There's beans, lentils. They all have protein source, quinoa, stuff like that. Gotcha. Those are protein sources. doesn't mean that some of those don't have carbs as well, but some those are main protein sources. Um, then your uh, fats are going to be oils, nuts, seeds, uh, avocado, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, those are kind of like your main fat sources. And then there's also really bad fats. There's trans fats, which we can talk about in a little bit. And we want to stay, anything deep fried is obviously really high in trans fat and you want to stay away from that guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's carbs. So carbs are, I think there's a bit of a label on them as the enemy to a lot of people. Um, They aren't necessarily. It's just whether you can handle carbs better than other people. It just kind of depends on how you process them. Okay. Um, And... Carbs can be anywhere from fruits and vegetables to, believe it or not, most people are like, well, where do fruit and vegetables? Well, they fall in, there's natural sugar in them, so they fall into the carb category. Um, most people know carbs as like grains, so bread, pasta, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also refined sugar um, or even natural sugar. That's That all falls under the carbohydrate category. So those are our three main macros, protein, carbs, and fat. Uh, there's the common... Uh, term that's thrown around uh, as long as you keep your ba- your diet balanced, right? So balanced means you have a healthy combination of protein, carbs. Okay, and so fats. we're balancing out again, as you said, proteins, carbohydrates, fats, all within every day, obviously. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So pretty much every meal, you want to look at your serving, and first, my first task on, on most people is try to learn to identify on your plate where are my carb, where am I, where's my protein, where's my fat. So that's step one. If you don't understand which ones they mm-hmm. are, then it's really hard to get specific afterwards. Okay. So, so I guess when one. we also look at like, okay, based on what a training individual's goals are, those macro percentages are going to change based on that? Potentially. Um, yeah. I mean, in the end, depending on your current status. Yep. Um, also, there's ways to determine um, how sensitive you are to certain types of carbohydrates, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in which case most people think that you just need carbs for energy. Um, that's a, eh, that's not super true yeah. um, to a certain degree. Uh, if the goal is weight loss, like you have to be, and you're let's say prone to gaining weight, mm-hmm. um, then you might just not respond well to uh, let's say 40% of your diet being carbohydrate or more. Okay. Um, people aren't gonna wanna hear that because that removes a lot of highly palatable. It removes the easy stuff. Then. It removes the easy stuff and the, and the very highly palatable food, meaning the tasty stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. we know that a bunch of kale isn't like the most exciting thing in the world, but for the mo- for most people, kale is really good for you, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in the end, it's uh, you just, some people just might be a poor responder to carbohydrates. Um, so they just have to be very careful and play with taking some out. Uh, so there's, you know, we talk about, you hear big one is gluten. Okay. Um, so an intolerance, for example. So gluten. Which obviously is, could be medically based, so like proven, and then it's just people don't want to do gluten anymore. Well, I think, well, gluten, most, the funny part is, is you, if you talk to most people who are, who try to go gluten free, most people don't actually know what gluten is. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of funny because they just kind of follow like, oh, that's, you know, it's the, it's the enemy now. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. well, if you're not actually gluten intolerant, um, there doesn't seem to be much of a downfall to it. Now, it's very possible they're discovering more and more that a lot of people are intolerant to it, yeah. but it doesn't mean it's evil if you're not. Yeah. Um, that being said, you don't necessarily go and look for it, but 
Uh, gluten just has potential inflammatory properties that can really damage your gut. Okay. Um, and those are typically found in processed grains um, and that's a typical source. Typically. Yeah, okay. In wheat, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. in wheat. wheat. Yeah, because yeah, one of my uh, brother's really, uh, my brother's girlfriend, so she is gluten intolerant, but it's actually like medical, like so cannot process. Celiac? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So like cannot process it. We have to be careful when we actually make our meals and everything like that. So like oh. when we, she comes over for dinner, it's nice and separate and this is your plate and then this is everybody else's, which is great. Like we, it makes me more aware of more yep. than anything. What's what? Yeah. It's, it's, you know what, if you're not sure you could, there's a ways to kind of, they call it like elimination diet mm -hmm. to find out what you're intolerant to, uh, or you just simply go to it for an intolerance test. Yeah, that's that's intolerance simple test sometimes test as well. Um, but in the end, if you, even if you aren't sure staying away from grains and wheat, yeah. probably not necessarily a bad thing. And more of your plate becomes fruit and vegetables instead of, rice and pasta and, and uh, you ever done an intolerance bread. test uh, I've done one with meridian lines it's a little bit little bit different and it, it um, the science on it is seems a little bit mixed but is I tried it touch one not the blood yeah exactly it's not a blood test yeah. um, and it's uh, yeah it came out with you know some pretty it was actually to me I think pretty accurate because mm -hmm. I know certain foods that I yep. eat uh, I don't feel great after and it pretty much nailed all of them um, so yeah that that's that's one but in the end if you take, the best way to try it is you pick, let's say maybe one or two types of food. So maybe you take dairy, so all cheese and milk out of your diet. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe you take all bread or grains or anything along those lines out of your diet for 30 days mm -hmm. and then reintroduce it. The first time you have it, you'll know right away if you're intolerant or not. Um, we just, over, if you don't take that 30 days, completely remove yeah, it, yeah. then your body um, won't, get a chance to actually reset and determine whether you're intolerant or not. Yeah. Well, I'm taking two months of taking alcohol out of my system, so it's going to be really boring two months. So we'll see how that goes when I get your two set. Oh, Aaron. Should be fun. Um, okay. So when we like, talk about like, so we talked about the balanced meal, right? But like, okay, so basic meal planning, right? So what does that mean? And I, I don't like the the word sometimes meal plan because like any diet plan is great if you follow it right like when I look at like keto or um, intermittent fasting or just standardized weight loss plan or whatever if you just follow the plan if it as long as it works for you it'll work yep. right I mean like exercise it comes down to consistency yeah um, but I'm gonna give everyone some general guidelines okay. today if you're not sure what to do, here's a great starting point. You can refine it as you go, but try this for 30 days and see what happens. Okay. Every meal you have, you look at your plate. You want to try to get about, so this is, a, I'm talking an anytime meal. So breakfast, lunch, dinner, okay. for, uh, not necessarily immediately after workout. We'll talk about that in a sec, but just kind of an anytime meal. You want to look at your plate and you want about half of it to be colorful fruits and vegetables. Okay. Okay. Um, if you can, try to keep fruits to more morning, so breakfast and maybe lunch. And sugars? Or because of the, the although natural sugar, mm -hmm. um, it can give uh, a bit of an insulin spike. So okay. we want to try to keep the sugars a little bit earlier in the day. Yep. Um, but veggies on every meal is a great way to go. Perfect. So half, literally half your plate looks colorful. Then uh, maybe up to another quarter is going to be protein. So that can be, again, breakfast, maybe eggs are a little more digestible in the morning. Um, maybe, uh, or maybe even like some like smoked salmon or something in the morning. That's pretty good. Um, and then your lunches and dinners are going to be, you know, red meat's not bad. People think red meat's the devil. It really kind of comes down to how is it sourced? 
Um, so that's that. There's white meat, obviously, because chicken, turkey, um, fish, any of that stuff. Yeah. So a quarter of your plate protein. Um, and then you can have a little bit of starch. So let's call it like an eighth of your plate. So okay. that can be sweet potato. That can be brown or wild rice. Um, maybe just a tiny little bit. Honestly, most people could go without that, whether they think so or not. Um, and then, a, then again, another eighth will be fats. So okay. that can be nuts and seeds. It can be uh, maybe some oil uh, or some kind of clear dressing on your veggies. Mm-hmm. It can be half an avocado, uh, anything along those lines. So okay. that's essentially a anytime meal. That would right. be that's pretty much safe to go. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a safe starting point. Like if you're not sure, don't overcomplicate it. Just be able to kind of look at that plate. If you guys want, Google Precision Nutrition Anytime Meal. It'll give you an infographic oh, yeah, on yeah, what that, to look at. That's a great course, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so um, yeah, they're kind of you know very recognized certification um, and they offer some pretty cool information even online. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you Google Anytime Plate by Precision Nutrition, it'll give you a very simple infographic. If you follow that alone, you're gonna go places. Okay, cool. All right, so let's talk about this. Well, now you've had your anytime meal, you've gone do your workout. What should we be having after a workout? Because I mean, that's that's a big thing. People will like, okay, what should I eat now? Yeah. So I think if you're pretty good the rest of the day, so you're not binging on sugar in the afternoon or like whatever, you're not you're not snacking with poor choices of snacks. Mm-hmm. Um, Post workout, you might want to consider just adding a little more starch. So maybe again, bringing, if you're not having starch at all, so when I say starchy carbs, I'm talking about the sweet potatoes, the wild rice, yeah, maybe the quinoa stuff, okay. something along those lines. Um, you're going to add not quite a quarter plate, um, but you know, maybe a little bit less than a quarter plate. You're going to add that starch because you need that sugar to refuel post workout. Okay. Um, and you're going to digest your body needs to kind of just replenish its glycogen stores and stuff like that. So, um, that would be the time to do it when, and pretty soon after there's a little bit of mixed reviews on okay, how long post-workout should I have it? Um, Should I have my meal? Well, ideally it's pretty soon, within, you know, less than two hours of of the workout. Okay, yeah, I think that's a good guideline. If, one note, if you're more of a strength type of strength training, so you're doing a lot of muscle damage, stuff like that, you may want to consider a carb supplement during your workout. Okay. um, And then a, a protein shake immediately after. after so like on your way out of the gym okay um that and then you have your meal you know within another hour and a half or so so when you go like i'll use this example so they go like a protein shake with um with fruit in it would that kind of be yeah so that, way it, to go, it, well or? it kind of depends to like what time of day your workout is so let's call it seven o'clock at night seven o'clock at night so if that's the case i would my recommendation for most people would probably be uh, just protein powder with water mm-hmm. on your way out so you or uh, like a milk so, or an almond milk uh, yeah. or almond milk yeah. I, I i'm not a huge dairy fan to okay. be honest um well, but that's because your intolerance test told you so uh no even before that <laughs> <laughs> um but i would say i'd say honestly just like you know uh a cup worth of water with a scoop of, of high quality protein um uh that would be um that would be my recommendation post-workout especially if it's a night one and then have your complete balanced meal maybe a little extra starch in that evening one like within an hour hour and a half okay yeah all right so you mentioned a good thing and that was supplements all right, so people always go, okay, well, I got to go Popeyes or I got to go to another place and they just <clears throat> load up on all sorts of supplements and they come home with a jack load of supplements and they're like, okay, I got to be taking 30 pills a day, right? And, or it scares them and they're like, I don't want to do that, right? I want to I get my food naturally. I want to do X, Y, Z, right? Like, 
I, I know that's a whole other different topic. So here's what we're gonna do. Yeah, like here's what we're the, gonna do today. We're we're gonna talk about uh, why supplements should are taken. Okay. Uh, and what you need to think about because it can be super overwhelming. So the supplement means I'm not getting enough. I need to supplement. Okay. Period. Right. Now, the for any supplement, all supplements for the most part, there is a reason for them. Um, it's just whether you need it. Yeah. And that's what it comes that's down fair. to, right? So if you don't know that you need it, you probably don't really need to buy it. Okay. Let's call it that way. So the only thing is um, if you're training on a regular basis, even if your your diet is bang on, um, you're still probably deficient in certain, in certain enzymes, minerals, uh, vitamins, uh, or even macronutrients. So for the most part, uh, our Western society – even if you're you have a ton of veggies in a day, you have a bunch of fruit, like you eat pretty clean. Um, chances are, unless your veggies are literally out of a farm that you know doesn't use pesticides or whatever, and that's the or from only your place you buy, or something maybe like that. your backyard where you know exactly where it's coming from. The nutrients from those come from the soil. In our society, unfortunately, soil isn't that nutrient dense mm-hmm. for the most part. Fair enough. So. Even if your uh, your diet is very clean, you still might be missing out on nutrients. Yeah. So my recommendation is a good multivitamin. Uh, one that is not I don't love one a days uh, in the sense that it you kind of take in too much of too much of each one at one time. Technically, what's in there is good for the day. The only problem is is when you uh, take it in, um, not all of it can be absorbed at. At, the, at one time, one time. Okay, so yeah. that's why I, I recommend one that is high quality but slightly lower dosage. And you would, if your meal is somewhat incomplete, then you take a serving of multivitamins with that meal, just to make sure you're getting the, the micronutrients that you're going to need okay. that day. So multivitamin is a good one. Our diets typically are very imbalanced between omega sixes and omega threes. Mm-hmm. So a fish oil is a fantastic supplement as well. Again, yeah, I agree. typically morning and night. If you have a meal with fish in it, you probably don't have to take it that meal. Yeah. If you don't, then I would recommend taking it. Okay. Um, and then honestly, most people struggle to get high quality protein sources on a regular basis. Maybe it's a snack during the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe literally it's breakfast. Like I don't have time to make an omelet. Okay, no problem. So. Why don't you make yourself a shake? So you have good, high-quality protein. There are a lot of bad products out there with a lot of artificial sweeteners, fillers, stuff like that. So educate yourself on what's good. Mm-hmm. Um, in a perfect world, New Zealand way has been proven to be uh, – they raise their cows um, optimally is what kind of the idea behind it. Uh, if you don't digest whey very well, cool. Get a vegan vegan option. That's totally cool as well. Yeah. They make beef. They make all kinds of other types. Um, find one that's a high-quality and you can make it with berries in the morning, throw in maybe a, a tablespoon of almond butter, let's say, yeah. um, and there's a complete meal. You have your protein from the shake, or from the powder, you have your carbs from the berries, and you have your fat from the almond butter. Mm-hmm. And voila, it's an easy meal. That's a meal. That's maybe. a meal. And that can be, you know, if you have big gaps between main meals, maybe you bring that to work and that's gonna be your snack kind of like halfway through a meal. Um, people, we, we overeat. Let's put oh, it that yeah. way. I think a whole idea of a Western society has been proven time and time again. We overeat as a society. We overeat and undermove is really our yeah. biggest issue uh, for the most part. Obviously, not everybody, but that's that's a bit of an issue. So, um, sorry, coming back to supplements real quick. The multivitamin, the fish oil, and protein supplement are usually a safe three to start with. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you're getting high quality ones. So do your homework on that. Um, 
the there believe me like there are so many other supplements out there obviously you walk into a popeyes a gnc uh you know any health food store there are walls and walls of supplements and it's super overwhelming if you don't understand what they do don't buy it if you're curious do a little bit of research ask a professional whatever it might be but they all do have their benefits they're not the boogeyman they're not drugs they are most of them are typical like the good ones the good ones are unprocessed they're natural enzymes that we just don't get enough of in our diet period okay that's fair and again it's not to say that all supplement stores are greedy salesmen they're just trying to sell you a bunch of stuff it's just yeah like that's what the common theme is people just buy because they don't understand and they like, okay, I got to take all this. And then they get, you know, pushed off of it. And they're yeah. like, nope, now supplements are bad. It just gets a bad rap. Yeah. Right? So coming back, what I just take away from that one, guys, is just if you don't know that you're deficient in something, you probably don't need to take it. That's, so yeah, it's doing blood, blood work, finding out where your vitamin levels are um, is not a bad option because then at least you know if you're deficient in, let's say, vitamin D or something along those lines. That's another one, vitamin D in the winter, especially here in Canada. Oh, Canada. Oh, yeah. Um, we don't get a ton of sun, uh, so I would recommend vitamin D um, daily. Pretty yeah. Pretty much everybody. Well, I go outside anyways. It doesn't matter. I don't tan, so it's okay. <laughs> Ginger life. Yeah, exactly. That's how it works. <laughs> Always hating. Always hate. All right, cool. So I'll tell you what, you know what? Let's gonna we're gonna end that conversation on that because I mean, like, we could be here for hours talking about different types of diets that you guys have been doing. But and hey, what's worked? What hasn't worked? And we're gonna deep dive into those a little bit more in kind of like an in more in depth conversation. So next week, what we'll do is we'll try and break it down into certain different types of diets that we've talked about, and then let's go a little deeper. Sound good? I like that. I think uh, one final thing, guys. From if you're just trying to learn this and try to just you need a starting point, here's what I recommend: download an app called My Fitness Pal. You can oh, put yeah. in pretty much any food that you can think of is in their database. It has the protein, carb, fat breakdown. Um, and what I recommend doing first is do record a week of everything you eat and drink yeah. for a week and just see what it looks like so you can paint a bit of a picture. If you want a starting point from a macro breakdown, start with 40% carb, 30 protein, 30 fat percent. Okay. okay? So you can put in your parameters, your height, your weight, your age, whatever, all that, those things. And use just use the app that's going to help you kind of decide, all right, where's my starting point? It'll ask you if you want to lose weight, gain weight, whatever it might be, and it'll give you a guide. It's not perfect, but it'll give you a guide. And that 40-30-30 split with whole foods um, and getting most of your carbs from fruit and vegetables, use that as a starting point and see how you feel after a month. Yeah. And that's a pretty good indicator. No, and to Jason's point, I've used that before and it, it is eye-opening. When you actually start to write down what you're doing every day and you look at it from bird's eye view, you go, oh... This is interesting. I am uh, not very good at this. And so it's very eye-opening what you see, what you do over a course of a month. So uh, take a stab at it, try it out, and then uh, let us know how you feel. All right? Absolutely. Excellent. All right, guys. I want to thank you very much for uh, coming in today. We do appreciate you guys dealing with us, especially listening to us the entire time. And again, if you have any questions, please send us a message. We want to hear your feedback and we want to hear from you guys. So that's at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, gal underscore one. Oh my goodness, I forgot my own hashtag. And then yours? Jmart36, J-M-A-R-T 36. Uh, hit me up on Instagram. I have way more answers than Aaron does, so hit me up. Yeah, exactly. So that's why he is uh, the man. All right, cool. So thank you guys. We'll talk to you soon. See ya.